I was so annoyed by everybody saying, how is Caleb Williams going to fix the defense? And I'm like, guys, like, yes, I get the defense is the main problem right now. But if they have the number one overall pick, you take Caleb Williams because he's a franchise quarterback. And like Broncos fans of all people should know how important it is to have that. Like from the time John Elway retired, like Jake Plummer was pretty good. And then Jake Cutler was exciting. But then Josh McDaniels ran him out of time. And then it was just a lot of years of purgatory and bad quarterback play. And then Peyton Manning comes along and it's amazing. And they go to the Super Bowl twice. And then Peyton Manning retires. And what happens? They cannot find the guy. And for years, they had an amazing defense. And what did it get them? Nothing. Because they didn't have a franchise quarterback. So if you have the opportunity to go get a generational talent like that, you go do it. You know, we knew we were playing a real good offense. Um, but but we got to look closely at what we were doing. And, you know, when someone runs the ball up and down the field like those guys did and throw it up and down the field, you know, it's not acceptable. You know, we, we, we can't, um, well, we just got to get to the tape. Next question. All right, that, of course, was the voice of Sean Payton after the game. And one of those games, John, where he's asked about the state of his team and he's talking about it's not acceptable and he has to look at the tape and then he muzzles himself, which is not something Sean Payton usually does, but he muzzles himself and says, next question, we got to watch the tape. Instead of going off on his defense, which I'm sure uh, he wanted to do, but we're going to do that on the show for him. So no problem, Sean Payton. We're going to take the wheel here uh, to all those listening. Welcome in. It's Ryan O'Leary here along with John Heath, um, and we are going to pick our way through uh, what was a ridiculous 70 to 20 loss to the Miami Dolphins for the Broncos and where they go from here. Uh, John, what's the number one takeaway you have? What's on your mind coming out of that one? Oh, man, my number one takeaway is we have a shot at the number one overall draft. Caleb Williams. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like I talked last week, I was like, Ryan, if they start 0-3, like is the season already sunk? And like we kind of backed off from that. But like it's really hard for me and I think really hard for all Broncos fans to not just think now like, okay, this is done. Like there's so much pessimism in Broncos country like maybe they'll win five games, maybe they'll win six games. Like they, they are going to play a couple bad game, a couple bad teams, but you just, you can't have any confidence in them being a serious team this season after that showing on Sunday. Like even like that was the worst of the worst. Like you would imagine, like you would a better hope that the Broncos are never going to have a game like this again, this season like that. That is like the lowest low. I don't think they're going to report return to that level, but even with that being the case, like even with that being the floor, like I don't know how high their ceiling is when the defense is clearly this bad. They will get some reinforcements that will help. Like Justin Simmons was out. That didn't help at all. Josie Jewell hurt his groin. That didn't help. And he might now miss a couple games. At some point, Baron Browning is going to come back from the physically unable to perform list. That will help. Uh, Quan Williams, their slot corner will come back. So, there is hope that later in the season, maybe the defense will show some improvement, like the personnel, like who's available, if nothing else, should help them. But I just, it's hard for me, Ryan, to not be extremely pessimistic about the outlook for the rest of the season. And it's just a bummer because when when the team's doing bad, coaches are upset, players are upset, fans are upset. And it's just, there's not a, it's all negative energy. There's people aren't wanting to read about the Broncos, talk about the Broncos. So 
we're pushing on and we're hoping that, you know, we're not headed for a miserable season that everybody's just suffering through. I was blowing a lot of smoke last week, right? It just optimistic Ryan coming out here, talking up the Broncos, pick them uh, to cover against the Dolphins. And I also picked them in my, I actually, you know, put my own money on it, John. I actually, that, uh, that's how confident I was in the Broncos. <laughs> I thought the Dolphins were overrated and I'm, I'm not coming down from that. I think the Dolphins are being wildly overrated as we speak all over ESPN and all over the NFL network. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins are 70 to 20 better than the Broncos, but I think the Broncos quit in the game, right? I think they quit. And I think we could see what was coming on the first drive of the football game. You could see that this was a ticking time bomb because, John, we all know that to beat the Dolphins, yes, they are really fun to watch. And Mike McDaniel is refreshing and good for the league. And the, what they're doing with the motion and you know, Tua getting rid of the football really quickly and them getting their playmakers the ball in space and letting them run after the catch and score all these points and what they're doing in the run game with all the misdirection. It's really phenomenal. It's great. But it's not like this unbelievable force that can't be stopped. Like the Patriots just stopped them in week two. They held Tyreek Hill to five catches for 40 yards. They held the Dolphins to 24 points, right? If you can play solid defense, stay back, make tackles, keep the ball in front of you, make plays and really be in it, you know, stay in your lane, do your job. You can hold the Dolphins down and be competitive with them. I thought the, the Broncos are going to do that. I thought they were going to hear about their defense and, and how bad it is, John, and come out and say, no, let's, let's see the Dolphins juggernaut and, and make something happen. We're going to show you guys. And on the first drive of the game, Tyreek Hill streaking down the field wide open, running into the end zone. I mean, John, right there, I'm like, can I, can I go back? And talk to John again, re-record that podcast, take back everything I said about the Broncos. Like that is like the opposite of what we wanted to see. And it happened right away and it never stopped happening. And the Broncos quit. And wow, yeah. Well, what a disaster. How can you feel any optimism? I mean, John, you're you're one of the more more optimistic people I know, which is why I appreciate you so much. Even you struggled with this one. Usually in our notes, you come up with a couple positive things to say about the team to kind of temper me when I I tend to go negative. But you even had trouble finding anything positive to pull out of this, right? It's a it's a disaster. It's a dumpster fire. I mean, if not for the Bears, this might be the biggest dumpster dumpster fire in the NFL. But maybe it's the dumpster fire bowl coming up. We'll we'll talk about that one here coming up. But how can you find any optimism out of this thing, right? And, and I think the big question now is, what do you do? Your defense that was one of the best units in the league for years has largely the same personnel. Yeah, you know, minus some some injuries. I get it. Everyone's dealing with that though. Uh, you know, the Dolphins have Jalen Ramsey. He's not on the field. Like, come on. It's no excuse. You go out there and you play, you coach it up, you play defense, you make tackles, you play football. And the, the Broncos didn't do that. It was a disaster. And now the question is, what do you do? Do you fire Vance Joseph now? Do you wait? Like, is any help coming? Is there any way to resurrect the season, right? Is there any way to get the fans' spirits back up, John? It's We thought last year was bad, but man, after all the optimism coming into this year with, the, with Sean Payton and all that, like, boy, yeah, this is... We're we're back at that low point again. It's tough. Real quick on just a little tiny positive, like you mentioned, Marvin Mims. Give it to us. Once again, he was exciting on offense, that deep threat. And then obviously he had that 99-yard kick return, and they give him a couple running plays every now and then. So like Marvin Mims was a bright spot, but otherwise it was just a terrible game. Like not only from the defense, but the offense only scored 13 points. Like Marvin Mims is the one that made it 20 with his kickoff return. So even like Cortland Sutton fumbled twice. It was just a terrible showing across the board. 
And yeah, like like you said, the defense obviously when you give up seventy points, the defense is obviously the the biggest problem on your team. And like you mentioned, Vance Joseph, like are they going to fire him? Like Sean Payton said after, well, not after the game, but he said on Monday that they're not making changes to the coaching staff, and that is as of this week. Like if this keeps, well, I mean, they're not going to allow seventy points every week, but if the defense remains a massive weakness. And it just seems like they're way underperforming, not performing to what their talent is of the guys that they do have. I think at some point you got to fire fans, Joseph. Like I wouldn't have been shocked if he was fired on Monday just because Sunday was that bad. But now that they've decided to not fire him this week, if this keeps up, I would imagine he's going to be fired at some point. It's just a question of do they wait see if like this trend continues and then fire him during the season, or they just wait until the end of the year and then part ways with him and then, you know, do a process to do a full-time coordinator. Like if they fired him in the season, then it is who's going to replace him. Like Rex Ryan is hilarious. He keeps going on (laughs) ESPN and just blasting them, basically saying that, you know, this wouldn't be happening if I was a defensive coordinator. So if they say like we get halfway through the season and they fired Joseph. I wonder, would Ryan want to basically be an interim defensive coordinator and come in for half the year and be like, here's this mess, fix it? I don't know. I think he'd probably rather have a full offseason. Someone that I think might maybe be more willing to do that would be Wade Phillips because he's been coaching in the XFL. Um, it, he, I don't think he's been a coordinator in the NFL since he was with the Rams a couple years ago. But what back... I remember a couple off seasons ago, he was saying he'd still like to coach in the NFL. So he's someone that I think would be more willing to take on like an interim project just because at this point in his coaching career, he's, he's late in his coaching career. He might be more willing to do like one last ride, try to patch something up. Whereas Rex Ryan might be like, no, no, no. I want to start from the ground up and build something. So uh, the in-house candidate would be Christian Parker and he's their defensive backs coach extremely promising i think one day he will be a defensive coordinator for somebody but i just think it wouldn't be fair if they fired vance joseph because the defense is a mess to then be like okay christian parker fix this mess and if you don't it really hurts your resume for when you interview for full-time coordinator positions down the road so i it's a tricky thing like yeah joseph right now he's doing a terrible job but if you did fire him who replaces him so I don't, I don't really know how they're going to handle that. And again, like I kind of alluded to, there might be these next few weeks, things might get a little better. Like you would hope against the Bears offense, which has really been struggling the first few weeks of the season, that Denver's defense will have a little bit of a bounce back this week. And then you've got the Jets, who are a totally different team with Zach Wilson than they would have been with Aaron Rodgers. So the Broncos, their D might get a little bit of a bounce back. And then, you know, the Vance, fire Vance Joseph talk would probably cool for at least a little bit. And then when we get into the Chiefs games, all that might go out the window. But at least for like the next two games, you, the like this should be Joseph's shot. Like, hey, if you're going to show that this defense can still be a competent defense, like these next two games have to be your opportunity. Like if if it's still awful in Chicago and if it's awful against the Jets, then I feel like they, they have to make a change and then do something like interim, like Wade Phillips or like make one of the veteran uh, in-house guys. That's not an up and comer like Christian Parker, someone that would be that it wouldn't like derail their coaching career. If they took over a mess, 
I don't know. I, I think these next few weeks are going to be really uh, telling for Joseph's status. Yeah. Could you imagine that, John, where, you know, you sit down with Sean Payton or, or maybe George Payton as well and says, all right, Vance, your, your unit needs to look better against Chicago was Justin Fields and the Jets with Zach Wilson. And if you don't see improvement, you're gone. It's like, man, talk about a low bar, Vance Joseph and the Broncos. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm hopeful that it looks better than, than what we've seen the last couple of weeks. And the optics aren't great, too, when you look around the league. Like, the Washington Commanders uh, falling flat on their faces against the Bills couldn't even score. They got three points. I think they kicked a field goal late in the game, too, to avoid a shutout. One of those things. Ron Rivera, come on. <laughs> what the hell is that? 37-3. The Commanders lost to the Bills last week. Then the Arizona Cardinals, the team that Vance Joseph used to coach where their defense was freaking terrible the last couple of years, shutting down Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Mike McCarthy, his his own juggernaut offense over there in Dallas. Yeah. Everyone's saying that the Arizona Cardinals are tanking and they're gonna they're the odds on favor for the number one pick in Caleb Williams. Huh. Hmm. Funny how that happens. We'll talk about Caleb Williams a little bit more here in a minute. But John, what's what's your take? I texted you during the game. I said, fire Vance Joseph now. That was at halftime. <laughs> so I, you know how I feel. I thought I think Vance Joseph is done. I I think that was a fireball offense, the way his defense performed. The uh, again, Tyreek Hill. I would have fired him after Tyreek Hill streaked down the field and scored the winning touchdown. I mean, I mean the game, the game's opening touchdown. I should say. I guess it was the winning touchdown when you really think about it. But yeah, no that that first that first drive was just that was a fireball offense. And then the way the team played and performed from there, it's just like wow, Vance Joseph versus Mike McDaniel, pretty big mismatch, right? Pretty big mismatch, and that's scary. So what do you you're are you're you're out too? It sounds like Broncos wire in general is out on Vance Joseph as well. Yeah, and I think Sean Payton is kind of being inconsistent because this offseason the he was really, really taking his time building the coaching staff and like fans were really freaking out about it. And even media was like, What's taking so long? And he was like, I have a philosophy of being slow to hire and quick to fire. And like his point was being slow to hire, like make sure you get the right people. But then once you're in the building, he has this very high standard. If you don't live up to it, then you're going to get the boot. And Vance Joseph, like last week, Sean Payton was clearly upset about how the defense played against the commanders. And then Sunday was just an absolute embarrassment. Like if not for Mike McDaniel being a very kind sporting person, the, the Dolphins would have broken the record, the regular season record, for the most points scored by a team. They could have kicked a field goal and made it 73, and that would have been the all-time record for uh, a non-playoff game. It was back, it was way – I think it was like in the 40s that a team scored like 73 in an NFL championship game before the Super Bowl era. Uh, the regular season record is 72 points. So anyway, Mike McDaniel, he decided not to kick the field goal. He said he wants it chasing points, wants it trying to embarrass them, which – it was already an embarrassment, but yeah. So w- when when the defense gets shredded that much, like I feel like there's got to be accountability, and maybe I, I like maybe Peyton is just giving him a lot of grace for not having like Justin Simmons. Like that very first Tyreek Hill touchdown, to me, it, it I, I'm just guessing because I don't think Sertan addressed this, but to me, it seemed like he was passing him off to the safety. And presumably that would be scheme like it certain just wouldn't randomly do that. I don't think he like lost track of him or anything. I think that was like what the scheme was. And Turner yell, I assume just once in on the same page as certain and it's just a busted play. The best player, the best wide receiver, the most explosive, hard to contain receiver in the NFL, you leave wide open. And to me, it seems like that is a scheme problem. And so like, yep. yes, 
there are guys missing, but you still have talent. And and like you said, the Patriots, it's not like the Patriots have, you know, like only all pros on their defense. Like Bill Belichick is so good at scheming what he has and taking away what his opponents like strengths are. Like they took Tyreek Hill out of that game and Vance Joseph, it just like, obviously it's, it's no surprise that Vance Joseph is no Bill Belichick, but it's just, it seems like a scheme problem. And I think if this continues, I think at some point Sean Payton is just going to have to walk the talk because he talked like we're going to be quick to fire, but he hasn't done it yet. And at some point I think it's going to have to happen if this trend continues. Vance Joseph is a lot smarter than me, John, but wasn't the whole game plan is don't get fooled by their their stuff, their motion, right? Stay in your lane, keep it in front of you, build a wall, right? Tackle them, be tough inside the 20s and whatever. Like they're going to get their yards, but don't let them run down the field wide open. They're, they're speed guys. That was the whole game. It happened right away. It happened all day. So yeah, I mean, this is what we're talking about. But yeah, I agree with you. Sean Payton, let's not let him off the hook completely here. I mean, we talked about this when Vance Joseph was hired, when we were all scratching our heads, people that want to cover the team, do podcasts like us, fans, we were all collectively scratching our heads about the hire because Sean Payton is not a guy that kind of deals with the defense. He usually has an established guy. I'll go through the list one more time. I did this back in the summer, John. Remember? Greg Williams, Steve Spagnolo, Rob Ryan, Dennis Allen, who's now the current coach of the Saints when Sean Payton left. Like He's always had an established guy that he can hand the keys over and say, you deal with your defense. I'll take it. I got the offense, right? And that's Sean Payton's thing. So it, it is a little concerning that when the defense is going off the rails like this, I don't know if the team's getting a, a, great, a great message from Sean Payton because, again, didn't look any better in the second half, right? So, what, you know, is that message going stale? Does he know what to say or do when the defense is struggling this bad? Like, that worries me as well. But I think your point's fair. Like, you fire Vance Joseph, who do you bring in and, and how much better does it get for an own 3 football team right now? Um, Sure looks like the Broncos could be headed for a high draft pick, John. <laughs> and uh, Well, the, I guess the good news is they have their first round pick this year. And uh, yeah, yeah, and you, I don't know if it was you, but Broncos Wire in general tweeted a gif of um, Caleb Williams and it got all kinds of replies and in, in interaction from fans. I saw the, I saw the uh, tweet, John, and I laughed out loud when I saw it. And then I didn't get too much into the replies, but I know you have some thoughts on some of the replies you got from Broncos fans. I'm proud of you for doing that because you got you got some Broncos fans riled up and, and you had some conversations with them. So share a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I tweeted it from Broncos Wire account late in the game when it was a blowout. And I think some people misinterpreted it. Like my point once in like, I once it saying Russell Wilson is the problem because Russell Wilson's not the problem. I think he's playing a lot better this year than last year. And I think, you know, if need be, you know, Russell Wilson can be their quarterback going forward. He's not the problem. The defense is the problem. But like I posted it kind of lightheartedly, like as a silver lining, hey, we're 0-3 and this is absolutely miserable. But a silver lining is if we get the number one overall pick, there's Caleb Williams, like a generational quarterback that everybody is so hyped up about. And the replies were just bombarded with fans. Just so many people saying Caleb Williams isn't going to fix the defense. Does Caleb Williams play safety? You know, how will Caleb Williams fix the defense? I'm like, guys, <laughs> like if you have an opportunity to get like anybody can be a bust. So, of course, there's a possibility. But people every now and then a quarterback prospect comes along where the draft analysts are just so excited about them. Like when Peyton Manning came out, when Andrew Luck came out, when Trevor Lawrence came out, like Caleb Williams is viewed as that kind of a guy. Like nobody is Patrick Mahomes. 
but a lot of people have compared him just his play style to that kind of a talent. And again, that it doesn't guarantee anything. Anybody can be a bust, but he's just that kind of prospect with that kind of potential. And if you can get a franchise quarterback, I don't care if the defense is a mess this year and it's going to take like two or three off seasons to fix it. Like you have to have a franchise quarterback and Sean Payton, like what's better for Sean Payton? Like the, the Broncos are not this season and next season and then done. Like the Broncos are like the next decade, the next two decades, like Sean Payton won't be here for two decades, but if all goes well and he gets a contract extension, like, yeah, Sean Payton might be here for a decade. I want a, I want a quarterback that can be his new Drew Brees or even better than his new Drew Brees. And again, like I'm not trying to like dunk on Russell Wilson. It's just, if you have the number one overall pick and there's a generational quarterback, you take that quarterback because you have to have a franchise quarterback. And then we go from there. Like we can sign defensive players in free agency. The following year, we can load up on drafting defensive players with all our early picks. And like, if you pack Caleb Williams first overall, you can pick defense in the second round. You can pick defense in the third round, the fourth round. Like just because you use the first overall pick on a quarterback, doesn't mean you ignore the rest of the defense for the whole rest of the offseason. I just, I was so annoyed by everybody saying, how is Caleb Williams going to fix the defense? And I'm like, guys, like, yes, I get the defense is the main problem right now. But if they have the number one overall pick, you take Caleb Williams because he's a franchise quarterback. And like, Broncos fans of all people should know how important it is to have that. Like from the time John Elway retired, like Jake Plummer was pretty good. And then Jake Cutler was exciting, but then Josh McDaniels ran him out of time. And then it was just a lot of years of purgatory and bad quarterback play. And then Peyton Manning comes along and it's amazing. And they go to the Super Bowl twice. And then Peyton Manning retires. And what happens? They cannot find the guy. And for years they had an amazing defense. And why did it get them? Nothing because they didn't have a franchise quarterback. So if you have the opportunity to go get a generational talent like that, you go do it. And again, like nothing's guaranteed. Maybe he'll bust. Maybe the Broncos won't even end up with the number one overall pick. Like, like I said last week, I'm going to be so bummed out. Like if we're going to be bad, I want to be really bad. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to win five games and have like the fifth overall pick and the top four guys are off the board, and Caleb Williams, like, I would hate that. Like, if we're bad, I want to be really bad. Like, I would love to get Caleb Williams. And again, like, it's not because Russell Wilson is terrible. I know he's not the problem. The defense is a problem. But we can also fix the defense while, like, drafting the best quarterback prospect that there's been coming out of the draft in a really long time. I agree with you, John. But um, that was that was a fun rant. I thought you did a good job with that. I'm just, I'm just going to leave that out there. Leave that out there. What do you think about that? You got John riled up, Broncos country. How'd you feel about that rant? Let them know on Twitter. Um, all right, we're going to get into this game. Oh, God. Broncos, Bears. Oh, man. This, this is painful, John. This is what pain feels like. <laughs> the 0-3 Broncos versus the 0-3 Bears. Which team has the bigger dumpster fire right now? We'll see if we can figure it out here. Coming up next. First, fantasy advice in week four from the huddle.com. Corey Benini of the huddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number four. Quarterback Daniel Jones, New York Giants versus Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks have given up the second most passing yards so far, allowing 339 per game, including 361 to Andy Dalton last week. We hate to be reactionary, but three straight games with at least 323 yards allowed is a trend that cannot be ignored. 
Jones may be without Saquon Barkley again, and Seattle may be without its two best defensive backs, so keep tabs on those situations. Either way, Jones is a reasonable gamble versus a team that has allowed 20.8% more fantasy points than the league average, and of the 131 attempts faced, a lone interception goes to Seattle's credit. Running back Alexander Madison, Minnesota Vikings at Carolina Panthers. Madison's 27 utilizations generated 125 yards of offense in week three, and he did his part in fending off the fast tracking of Cam Akers, who was acquired last week from the Los Angeles Rams. Carolina has given up major points to running backs, mostly stemming from six rushing touchdowns over the course of 75 rushing attempts, and the 344 yards allowed sits as the fifth highest output. Only one team has surrendered more total yards per game to the position so far. Wide receiver Jerry Judy, Denver Broncos at Chicago Bears. After missing week one and shaking off the rust with a lackluster season debut, Judy started to look more like himself against Miami. He scored just over 13 points in PPR, and he should continue to see his role expand against a Chicago unit that has given up the 12th most yards per game to the position, and also the 12th highest rate of scoring. He's no worse than a flex play and could produce strong wide receiver two results, as Denver looks to overcome what was a miserable showing last Sunday. Tight end Dawson Knox, Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. Knox scored two weeks ago, but he bookended that performance with just 5.5 and 2.1 PPR points respectively. He has scored in two of the last three meetings versus Miami. So far, the Dolphins have done a rather poor job of limiting the position in fantasy. The matchup rates 7th for receptions and also PPR points allowed, and Miami's given up tight end scores at the 6th highest rate. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. The Broncos, of course, are coming off one of the worst losses in NFL history. Uh, the 70 points the Dolphins put on them. I'm sure this has been all over the place, including Broncos Wire. Uh, most in a single game since 1966. So, uh, which is pretty impressive to give up 70 points in 1966. So I think they were barely throwing the ball back then, John. I don't know. I don't know my football history that well, but that seems like a long yeah, time ago. Still may have not rushed for the 400 yards and eight <laughs> touchdowns that the Dolphins running back scored. Seriously. Jeez. Uh, 726 yards. Um, the fans are basically just demanding that Vance Joseph be fired. Sean Payton, you got to wonder what's going on there, how he's feeling. Maybe he'd rather go back to the Fox analyst booth at this point. <laughs> he's got himself in a tough situation. So yeah, it's definitely a dumpster fire with the Broncos and they had, a you know, again, one of the best defenses in the NFL the last few years. And now it's, it seems like one of the worst, at least the last two weeks, it seems that way. Really, ever since they let out, they let the Raiders run out the clock there, John, in week one, they have not been able to figure it out on defense. It's wild. But the silver lining is they got the Bears this week, who might be even a bigger mess than Denver, if you can believe that, right? You got Justin Fields calling out the coaching. Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator over there, has seems to have no clue what they're doing. Um, the, the Bears played the Bucks a couple weeks ago, John, and Levante David came out and said that the Bears ran the exact same play twice in a row. Uh, what happened was there was a penalty on the first play that blew the play dead, but the Bears just lined up in the exact same formation, ran the same play. It was a little screen pass that Shaq Barrett picked off for a pick six that ended up you know, sealing the game. It was late in the game. It was a three-point game. That made it a 10-pointer. The Bucks went on a one, and Levante David said, yeah, we knew what they were going to do. And Shaq Barrett just intercepted the ball. Laughable. What's going on there? Never mind. There were some rumors about the defensive coordinator having some <clears throat> off-field issues. Um, he resigned. Their defensive coordinator just resigned. Eberflus, their head coach, seems like he's in over his head. Justin Fields, I think he's got some special talent, John, but it's, uh, he doesn't have the coaching around him to really excel or you know whatever you want to say. And I think the Bears defense, Broncos country will like this, the worst in the league, the Bears defense. They got nothing on defense. No pass rush. They're just a complete sieve. And they, you know, the Chiefs, 
they made the Chiefs look like a well-oiled machine, and the Chiefs have kind of been like kind of on a slow roll to start this year, and the Chiefs got it going against the Bears, and the Broncos probably will too. Um, this is a three-and-a-half-point spread for the Broncos. What's your leadoff thought on this one? Which dumpster fire is bigger? I actually think Chicago's is bigger than Devers, if you can believe it. Yeah, it's it's tough for me because it's hard to imagine. Uh, like you, you're saying that the Bears have the worst defense in the NFL, and I'm just like, they do trust I'm, me. I'm having PTSD of watching <laughs> the Broncos linebackers bounce off the Dolphins running backs. I'm like, can it really be worse than that? So no. I, I don't know. Like you feel like the Bears are a train wreck. I get that, but it, I just it's so hard for me to have any confidence in the Broncos and they're going on the road. I guess the one thing that would give you a little bit of confidence in Denver is Russell Wilson has played good this year. And when Cortland Sutton's not putting the ball on the ground, they have three receivers that can make plays like Sutton and Judy's still a talent. Marvin Mims has really come on. Javante Williams hasn't really exploded yet, but he he's been a good competent running back and P Ryan's been fine for what they've asked him to do. So their offense can score points. Like we saw them against the commanders score points. So if Denver's defense has a little bit of a bounce back week, maybe you would pick uh the Broncos offense to be better than the Bears defense I, or excuse me, the Bears offense. So that that might give them a, an advantage in putting points on the board. But just after last week, like the Dolphins, they have plenty of weapons and the Bears don't have all those weapons. But just after seeing how much Miami marched up and down the field against Denver's defense, it's just it's hard for me to have any kind of confidence in Denver. No, it, it is hard to have any confidence. I agree with that, John. The, it's the good news is you're playing the Bears, right? So that's the conf- that, that's where I get my confidence. And you mentioned PTSD, and I'm I'm having PTSD from talking up the Broncos last week and saying how I thought the Dolphins were overrated and the Broncos were going to cover. So anyone listening last week has already turned off the podcast. They're like, yeah, I don't want to hear what O'Leary has to say. That guy sucks. So totally valid. You guys got me on that one. Holy crap! I was way too optimistic on the Broncos. John tried to tell me, and I wouldn't listen to him. So. Sorry, John, I owe you an apology for that one. Uh, But yeah, no, if there was ever a get right game, it's this one, right? I think my one worry would be that the Bears don't have much going. It's all about the run game with them. They just they really struggle to to pass the ball with any consistency. And Luke Getze is just he he doesn't it's going to be all screens, right? It's going to be a lot of that stuff like he it's just they don't threaten you down the field very much. They certainly don't threaten you the way the Dolphins do and then those short and intermediate areas. Uh, I think the the Bears would like to do that. They just can't do it uh, because Luke Getze is not Mike McDaniel. I promise you that. But this should be a game where the Broncos can, can get whatever they want on offense. They will. They're going to score points in this game. Uh, I expect them to put points on the board. Again, folks, they, they probably don't believe me because the Broncos have been that bad the last two weeks, but the Bears are the worst defense in football by far. Trust me. You'll, you'll see that this Sunday. Um, and again, you probably have no confidence in me after listening to me last week, but but believe me, the Bears are worse than the Broncos on defense. So I actually like Denver in this game for some reason. Uh, but what worries me is that the Bears are going to run the ball. They have good backs. Uh, you know, Rashawn Johnson, that rookie, he was the kid that played with uh, Bijan Robinson out in Texas. He's a good player. Uh, Khalil Herbert, they got that Deonta Foreman kid, the former Panthers running back. He's over there. They have a lot of backs. Now, none of them, I think, are as fast as Raheem Mostert and Devin O'Shane there. Holy crap. Those guys. Wow. Uh, Can you stop the run? I mean, because the Bears don't have much outside of that. I mean, I love Justin Fields. I've actually been rooting for him. 
My wife's a big Ohio State fan. I've been, come on, Justin, let's go. I do a podcast for the Bears Wire as well. It's like, come on, Justin, give us a season. It's like, but the poor kid seems like he's got no chance, John. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, I like the Broncos in this one because I think the Bears somehow have the worst defense and they struggle just as much as you do on offense, probably more. So this one, this is one the Broncos should get. They, they have a better team than the Bears. The Bears are worse. The Bears have a better shot at Caleb Williams, especially with the Panthers pick. They have their own pick and the Panthers. and They're both winless. So the Bears are the betting favorites, I think, for the number one pick. Uh, but yeah, I like the Broncos. I think I like the over. Both defenses suck, John. I think there's going to be points in this game. 46 and a half. Give me the over. But, you know, what are you thinking about the spread and that total? I think the Broncos three and a half point uh, favorites on the road. Last time I checked, you have no confidence. Yeah. You already picked. You're talking me into it. I, I will. I'll pick the Broncos to win the game, but I don't think I'm going to, you know, give a prediction that they're going to cover the spread just because, like I said, and as you said, their offense will score points on the Bears defense, but I'm not convinced that Denver will shut down Chicago's offense. So, yeah, the Broncos might win, but if it's just by a field goal, that doesn't cover the spread. So I'll, I'll back the Broncos to win the game, but I'm not going to predict winning by four points. How's that? No, that's good. And don't let me talk you into anything. You know me. That's kind of my gift. I can rant about something and kind of talk you into it. You start to be like, all right, Ryan. But You're so really, persuasive. I am. I'm persuasive, but I, I also I'm, I also suck. <laughs> I'm not very good at my predictions sometimes. <laughs> That's not entirely true, but come on. Uh, yeah, no, I think the Broncos are a better team, if you can believe it. It's a week-to-week league. We can't over overreact to a 50-point loss. <laughs> That's weird to say, <laughs> it's but like a wild thing to say. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, but it's the NFL and each week is different. You can't, it, it doesn't carry over it. We start fresh again. The Broncos are better than the bears. They will win this game. I think they'll cover, but I'm betting the over because like you, John, I have no faith that they're the, the bears offense is a freaking train wreck right now. Train wreck. They're off. Bears fans are screaming about firing Luke Getze, their offensive coordinator, just like Broncos fans are screaming about firing Vance Joseph. It's the same thing over there. Believe me, it's like mirror images of each other. But I think uh, I think the Bears will score. I think Justin Fields will probably run around uh, and make some plays in this one. Uh, he'll he'll finally break out a little bit. Yeah, there'll be points. That's why I'm saying over 46 and a half, please. I'll take that. But I think the Broncos will figure it out and win. Eh, they're a better team. They got better players, better personnel. I don't know. Their defense should be better. I don't know what the hell's going on on that side of the ball. So that's that's what I'm thinking about it. But yeah, John, if it was anybody else, I, I wouldn't be this confident. It's just because it's the Bears. You know what I mean? I think the Bears dumpster fire is bigger than Denver's right now. Denver's is like, you know, Denver, the the flame's a little bit higher on Chicago's side and Hal's Hall there. So, yeah, give me Denver. But, yeah, there's still no confidence in this team or or them turning it around this year. I'm I'm with you. I've come off that. I I said don't panic last week, even if they lose. But the fashion they lost, I yeah, and and the way the Broncos quit and the problems they have coaching and scheming up on the defensive side, I don't don't know how you have any faith of this becoming a season. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's fair. If you want to root for the team to tank for Caleb Williams, fine. But there's going to be a problem this week. The Bears are even that much worse. The, the Bears are worse than you, if you can believe it. And the Broncos will win because of that, in my opinion. I hope you're right, Ryan. Like We're ending this on a positive note, at least a one-week positive note. And, and you're making me feel better. Like, okay, they're going to bounce back. They're going to get this. But the problem is... I'm thinking back to last week. We ended on the same positive note. I was like, "You're right, Ryan. You're right, Ryan. You know, they they can they can stick with the Dolphins." So, but the, the Chicago is no Miami. Like the Dolphins are three and zero for a reason. The Bears are zero and three for a reason. So, I think you're right. I think the Broncos are going to be able to take care of business and bounce back. And 
like kind of like I alluded to earlier, to me, it's almost a bummer that we're going to make the Bears 0-4. As you said, they're going to be the clear favorites for the number one overall pick. And then if if Denver only wins a handful more games the rest of the season and Chicago gets picked first overall and Denver ends up like five or six, whatever, to, I'm just it's just annoying. Like, I, I guess like maybe this makes me a bad fan, but if we're going to be bad, I want to be really bad. Like I want to get the best talent possible. I don't I if we're not making the playoffs anyway, what does it matter if we win five games, six games? So it's just it's a tough spot spot to be in so now i'm going back to ending on negative note but yeah, positive yeah. note we're both picking the broncos beat the bears <laughs> let's let's feel better about denver after next week yeah i think they're going to beat this this horrible bears franchise and dump their own dumpster fire but yeah john is full tank of palooza uh, i like that just tank it <laughs> let's go get caleb tank for caleb battle the bears that's the real battle it's not the game on the football field this week it's who can who can yeah, afford to lose against this caleb yeah who can lose it who can lose it? And yeah, the Bears again. They have they have the Panthers pick that DJ Moore trade with the Panthers that for the number one. You know they got DJ Moore all those draft picks. They were picking number one overall. They traded it. Then they passed on Jalen Carter. Oops, Chicago boy. He would look good on your defense right now, wouldn't you? Wouldn't he? But no. Anyway, I digress. The Bears the Bears suck, and the Broncos aren't much better. But unfortunately for those like John rooting for the tank. I think the Broncos are going to win this ball game, even in Chicago. If they don't, then that'll be wow. That'll be quite an yeah. accomplishment. Kind of like losing seventy to twenty, John. If they lose to Chicago <laughs> with that the state of that team, honestly, it's it's bad yeah. over there. Um, but all right, man. Anything else? Any any other positive things that are going up on Broncos Wire before kickoff here that fans can look for? Or is it more? Or are you just going to keep feeding that machine? Because Broncos fans are not happy. They're salivating, yeah. right? What's going on, Broncos? You got to feed into the anger a little bit. I mean, there's Love it. there's some optimism from players, and we're getting that out. But just the the Vance Joseph out outrage. Rex Ryan won't stop talking about it. That's, go Rex, go! Yeah, I, just think, I think that's hilarious. And then, like every week, we'll have the TV map again. If you want to watch the Broncos and the Bears, a pair of 0-3 teams. We'll have the TV map. We'll have the final injury report on Friday and every day the Broncos practice. And we do a Q&A exchange with uh, Alyssa, who you do the Bears Wire podcast with. We'll get some intel on the Bears from her. So we'll have a normal week of game coverage. Please don't check out Broncos fans, even though I'm so pessimistic about this season. Please keep reading Broncos Wire. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate your support. We do. And a uh, sneak peek, Alyssa is down on the Bears. <laughs> Let me just say that right now. <laughs> a lot of my commentary comes from her. She's the expert, not me. Boy, yeah, she's way down on that team. She's going to pick the Broncos, no doubt. But John, if if we need to keep Broncos fans engaged, we just need somebody to try to date Taylor Swift on the team, and it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Then we'll have something to talk about. Get the Swifties on here. <laughs> no, That's no, wild. no. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. But I even found myself Googling when the rumors first came out. I, I didn't hit go but i started to type in travis kelsey taylor swift i'm like what am i doing what what am i doing why am i falling for this what am i doing so yeah no. you're part of it Ryan. oh i'm you i'm i was like give me that gossip mm, love it but kelsey's just such a freaking weirdo that it just would be hilarious if that's a real thing but uh it, it's it's great but yeah yeah give up let's let's hold out hope maybe one of the broncos would jump in there and try to battle kelsey for taylor swift i, I love it but but anyway yeah, no matter how crazy the season gets, no matter how many times the Broncos lose by 50 points, John and I will be back breaking it all down and trying to give you guys honest feedback on the team. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you subscribe. As John said, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next week. Yeah.